life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We've got a very special guest, Spike Ferriston. Welcome. Thanks for being on. Yeah, great. Hey, fellas. Thank you for having me here. For those of you that have listened to the podcast for a while have known, we've, we, have, we have been saying it forever. We're going to have good guests on, and we keep just being the two of us talking. We've said we wanted to get Spike on, and here <laughs> exactly. he is. So it's awesome that he's actually here. So I'm sure at some point I will have to be quiet while the two of you talk Porsche. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Yeah. That will and it's happen. part of the car debate that we've got here. We've got a great one for you. It's Michael Y. in Cutstown, PA. So he's out in Pennsylvania. And the headline here is that he's 40 years old, Mm -hmm. and he's never had a license or bought a car for himself. Yep. And it's happening now. And it's happening now. And so I thought, Spike, you'll help us uh, (laughs) recommend a car from Michael. uh, 40-year-old car virgin. I know. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? I love it. I I would not use the word cool in that sentence. No, I don't think so. Well, (laughs) but I'm glad that we we can help him. That's the thing about it. I agree with your point. Really? All right. It's sad that it's been this long, but I'm glad that we can help him. What's wrong with this young man? Well, no, no, he he tells his story as to why, and and so it actually starts to make some sense, and it gets me going, okay, good. We can talk about it. We can help him. Spike, thanks for being here, because the car car matchmaker, we've been looking at that going, this is what we do on the podcast. We've got to have Spike on. He's got to be great at this. (laughs) Well, let's get at it then. Absolutely. People cars. Yeah, totally. Well, I also am just curious because, I mean, I I don't know how many people listening are completely up to speed with you. I mean, you have an unbelievable resume of all the places you've written for. I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like David Letterman, Simpsons, and Seinfeld. Am I right there? Yeah. Those are some of them. Absolutely. So where where else? What am I leaving out? I'm sure there are many. Well, I mean, you know, I, uh, I started as the receptionist at Saturday Night Live and was writing Weekend Update for Dennis Miller back in the day. Oh, I also no used to write <laughs> monologue jokes for Jay Leno when he was guest hosting for Johnny Carson. Oh, cool. And then went on to host my own late night show on Fox for, for a bunch of years uh, after yeah. Mad TV and do the whole deal myself. Amazing. I was actually Amazing. just listening to your Dick Van Dyke podcast laughing. That guy is incredible. I'm wow. just I'm amazed the advice, the life advice he's giving you guys and I thought it was, that was a, fun. That was really a high point of my career talking to him. And here I am just doing a podcast out in a porch in Malibu. Yeah. And it was so fun. You know, that's just a guy we all grew up kind of watching on TV, waiting totally. for his shows to come on the Disney hour, and, and there he was. And he's still plugging along in his early nineties. Drove there. His own car. He's That's a Jaguar awesome. fan. Oh my god! Told the story about how his Jaguar burned to the ground on the 101 a few years ago, and then he reviewed "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang" <laughs> the car. Not the movie. The, the car in the movie. That's and, awesome. If you, you know, it's great. If you aren't it's already great. listening, the, the cool thing is that Spike has his own podcast on Podcast One, so it is Spike's Car Radio. Yeah, and that's what we're referring to. He's a few episodes in. What are you four or five episodes in now? Right. Yeah, five or six. We had, I think, the first one we had was uh, the original little group, me and Jerry Seinfeld and my friend Paul Zuckerman, who's a personal injury lawyer and kind of uh, Brooklyn tough guy. Who's, <laughs> right. Uh, he should. He's, he, he doesn't know it, but he could have been a comedian in his. If <laughs> if someone had been around him to say, "Don't go into law. You're funny. You're naturally funny." 
So he's also a Porsche collector and a car collector and has a great collection. So this the, the, the podcast really is and began with our little Saturday morning coffees and drives, our mm. little own private mm. cars and coffee that people would see us do in Malibu because we were always posting pictures on Instagram. Okay. And, we've, you know, I've been doing that with Jerry for about 15 years, just driving cars and talking comedy sure, and cars. Sure. And, you know, we wanted to leave a seat open for the listeners. So, um, you know, they get a little, uh, people seem to be interested in hearing what we say. I'm not sure why, but may, you know, maybe <laughs> they'll be interested. So it's not a straight car show. It's, sure. You know, tomorrow I'm recording Jason Bateman, and and then we're doing Jay um, Joel McHale after that, and uh, David Spade. It's really, you know, an extension of me, which is cool. a kind of car and comedy brand. Like, you know, you're, you, we might not take too deep into engines and tech uh, one sure. week, but but um, you know, and then we might even talk cars one week. But it's always, I'm trying at least at the top of this show the world these car guys you don't know who are car guys like david spade is right. a good example of that That's you, awesome. you wouldn't you don't think about him as a passionate car guy but he but he is he's not, you, not as knowledgeable as you want him to be huh. did you say the deli guy is your bookie now like he's you know the guy's walking in the back door isn't that how it's working now what's that the the deli guy is your bookie he's, he's booking all the talent a guy that's walking running in the back door. Grill. yeah yeah well we He's the guy, you know, he's another weird guy. He's the guy who's out in Malibu. He's got his own deli. He's got great food. He's kind of, they call him the deli Nazi. And I wrote the soup Nazi episode of Seinfeld. So mm-hmm. that's how we kind of originally bonded. That's he's awesome. much nicer than the original soup Nazi and the real guy. <laughs> right. Right. But he used to be Frank Sinatra's stage manager. And he used to be, you know, he used to really? uh, travel with Led Zeppelin and, and, and Kiss and all these bands. And he has this, like, oh interesting, <laughs> wonderful history to him as well. So I had no idea. Know, that's really cool. He's, that, that's the core group. Like, we all last week took Bill out to the Porsche Experience Racing, uh, Porsche Experience Center to mm-hmm. race cars. He'd never really driven a GT3 RS or anything like it. Um, and so we arranged for Porsche to put us all in GT3 RSs, bomb around the track. Yeah. And we did our, we did the podcast from there. That's a great episode. I actually just um, heard that one. That's a really fun one. It made, it made me <laughs> jealous just, too. I was like, we need to be is, out there. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. It's fun to hear an old guy getting a Porsche for the first time and, yeah. you know, booning around the track and yeah, making totally. himself sick. So, you know, it's, it, so far it's been an awful lot of fun. So what, what got you into cars? What was the genesis for you though? Um, I, I believe. I've always, you know, in in my diary that my mom kept, it, it always said, I'm from age two, <laughs> obsessed with cars, obsessed okay. with cars. So when I, I saw that maybe five years ago, I, I started feeling better that it wasn't this weird illness. It was kind of this, it was kind of born into me. Yeah. But but um, you know, growing up in my town, I lived in this small blue collar town in Massachusetts. It was really just a way to get uh you know drive around with my friends and have fun and sure. those cars were always you know the big giant metal american cars like like ford grand torino oh, yeah. and torino oh, yeah. 500s and mercury montegos and anything that could uh just move away from my house and had a, a, like a, a, an eight-track tape player you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. chevy novas that was like the kid, the, the kid in, the cool kid in town drove a Chevy Nova that was jacked up in the back. Like that's that's about as cool as it got in my hometown. Okay, all right. Okay, so and, is there anything really specific? I mean, the, the cool kid had the Chevy Nova. Was there any anything specific with you that really got you cemented and the car love? Was it just general, or was there one car that you owned 
that, you know, you just really loved. And it doesn't have to be, you know, later in career when you finally bought something hot and expensive. But the first one he loved is but, what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. What's the first one that you really loved? Uh, it was my mom's uh, manual shift Honda Accord. Really? And I don't huh. recall the year, but it was, you know, this. Back when what, the cards were told, small. This import. Your mother bought an import car, and my father wasn't <laughs> sure how he felt about that. wasn't sure how West Bridgewater would take this idea of this Japanese automobile here. Wow. And it's got this thing called a stick shift, and it's got a clutch, and it was silver <laughs> with a red velour or something interior. Oh, perfect. And to me, it was a racing car. You know, I just had no reference point, and I thought, this, I don't know why, I am beguiled by it, and I must drive it and, and it was right around the time i was learning to drive and it became the only car in my driveway that i borrowed which wasn't wow. hard because the other car i believe was my dad's ford granada <laughs> okay speaking of the filled, options filled yes right. cigarette ash not something you want to borrow perfect but other thing my brother and i thought here we have a race car finally and we learned how to drift it by using the emergency brake and <laughs> of course speeding of course tickets it was the the greatest. I even lost my virginity in that car. In wow. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't just keep that car. I was going to say, it's still in the family? <laughs> you still have this car. <laughs> I, it would be great. I don't know what became of that car. But that, you know, that really opened my eyes to new things. And from there, I went on to motorcycles because I just couldn't afford a car on my mm. own. And, and it wasn't until I ran into David Letterman and I was right for him in New York where I discovered these, these things called Porsches. And oh, okay. this is a Ferrari Dino. And, and Dave was showing me his car collection and letting me drive stuff and you know again i just my interest broadened and and i and i think that's been the story of my car life even right up until this moment kind of learning as i go and it continues that's pretty cool i mean i like yeah, dick, yeah. dick van dyke's advice about never retire and i've been thinking about that for a <laughs> while now because i think i want to talk about cars forever i want to yeah. do this the rest of my life I mean, Paul Newman, I've, I've said before, is one of my heroes. The guy was a hot shoe and drove until he passed away at 83, I 83 think. 83 or something like that, yeah. And he was doing it his whole life, and he wanted to be known to be a race car driver. And I think, you know, what Todd and I do and what you're doing, I, I just want to do this. Well, yeah, we talk about it as the and disease just, all the time, and yeah. the disease has struck in a big, big way. And it's funny that people that write us now and just talk about, oh, I've realized that I'm not the only one that has this disease. It's like, no, no, <laughs> and those of us that have group. it, those of us that have it, have it big time. It's unbelievable. So I'm curious about Car Matchmaker. Is there an open-to-discussion future of that? Can it, anything be discussed yet on that? Um, you know, I just met with a studio a couple hours ago, as a matter of fact, and there is a future to this show. Oh, good. But, good. but I can't announce it. Okay. I, I'm not allowed to say where it's going. Totally get it. Up. It's not that anybody's going to freak out, but yes, it's, the show, uh, uh, it's funny, they were saying um, they were just in Mythcom, which is this sales this uh, mm -hmm. tv sales thing that i think i believe goes on in france or so or somewhere i, I don't okay. go there right. but they were saying nbc <laughs> has been selling the hell out of car matchmaker the first three seasons around the world interesting which was useful information to me because i i kept getting messages from brazil and from russia <laughs> with the russian messages i really was like why are the russians writing me right now yeah. <laughs> am i caught up in this trump scandal somehow? exactly and should you be worried very, and I was, I was worried about it. I was genuinely worried because I would wake up in the morning and I'd have 20 new fans from Russia and they'd be writing in. But um, <laughs> How the, funny. the library for the show, they, they just sold 
uh, to a network and the new episode should be coming right after that. And, and I should have an announcement soon and just stay tuned to my social media at cool. Spike Ferris and Instagram and Facebook. You, that'll be the first place you'll hear about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, actually, cool. one of the, we'll get back to more social media questions later, but somebody, it's actually uh, Cajun Michael wrote us in on Facebook and he asked this question, which actually matches right here. He says on that show, was there any, I have no idea, was there any obligation for the guests to buy one of the three cars described or, and, or did that happen? Yeah. If they didn't um, like one of the choices, you mean? Yeah. No, we're, we are a TV show, not a car dealership. <laughs> so that's the first yeah. thing you know. Sure. Sure. We, here's here's all we required that you were actually in the market to buy a car and okay. that you were close to pulling the trigger on a decision got it oh, okay. so okay. Right. we you know as a tv show we were never able to say you have to yeah, yeah but totally. we, we wouldn't we wouldn't allow anybody on the show unless they were actually looking it never made for good television lots of people bought the car that they picked on the show cool some people bought the second choice that they didn't, hmm. you know, that they decided retro, in retrospect to buy. And there were many people who did buy the car, but in not in the color, because a lot of time, um, practically every time, we're scrambling for, like, you know, the new Ford Mustang GT or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Where's and the we're press limited car? Yeah. to press car colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes it come in. And I remember we had a famously, like, this BMW i3 in its copper color that was hideous to all of us, including the buyer in the show. <laughs> and it was, you just kept going, well, you know, you, it's not in this color, but it, you get it in any color. But, um, yeah. We, <laughs> Can it, you it envision was, this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I bump into people all the time. Um, Daryl Jones from the Rolling Stones, he and I work out at the same hotel in Hollywood, and he pull, he always pulls up in his BMW, and he goes, there it is. <laughs> he, he's so excited about it. And my, my brother, uh, Wally, is... Uh, he bought that some some sort of Lincoln MKZ or something. Um, okay, and he's uh, he's over it and now wants something new. But he did a good three years in that car. So. Cool, that's awesome. That's it's awesome. for the viewer at home mostly. You know, I always yeah, try to right. engage. There are more people watching than that one guy on the stage, and that's oh, also course. the agreement we have with the buyer. Is you know we want the buyers at home to kind of get an idea of all these cars. Yeah, sure. And, inter and interestingly enough, when you look at the rating data for this show. Nobody cares about the decision as much as they care about the buyer talking about the car while they're driving. In hmm. other words, the test drive rates extremely well. And then, you know, right at the end, when they're making a choice, people kind of, they, their interest kind of uh, trails off at that moment. Interesting. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Like, yeah, they yeah. don't really care about that. They just want to hear us talk about the car so they can you know, be educated about it at home. Hmm. A lot of the stuff that we do, a lot of the video stuff we do both for the web and for TV is all this comparison stuff. And we see similar tracking. We do a car review. Here's a car. It does okay. Mm -hmm. When we do comparison stuff, that's the stuff that people just love. And, and we try right, really right. hard. I mean, Paul and I are very different anyway. And so people can kind of engage with, you know, I, I don't like that guy and I like the other one, which is fine. Feel free to hate me. That's fine. <laughs> but but the, the, the fun thing about it is that you can kind of engage with one of our personalities, hopefully, and figure out, okay, I like what that guy's saying. But then we also try to leave it really open for people to go, okay, with this info, go drive these, see what you think. But the comparison stuff is so much more engaging to people. We find that same thing. It's very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I, I think people just want to hear, they want to learn something about the car, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of interesting tidbit rather than just stats and specs. And that's what Todd and I try to stay away from because there's so many places on the internet that give you stats of a car, but 
zero to 60 times, don't tell me if I'm going to like the car or not. This I is mean, true. Todd and I have said this, you know, from the very beginning of the show that, okay, I see the stat and I kind of understand it, but let's go drive it. And yeah. then, you know, they want to hear you crack a joke and, you know. Hopefully. Tell me something <laughs> I didn't know about the car. Yeah. Especially right. supercars. You know, what do I not know? I've read every article. I've read everything about this car. Nissan GTR owners know everything there is, but have you driven the car? Yeah. Well, the, right. No, no, no. The, the internet knows everything there is about the exactly. GTR. Exactly. Right. It's just have you driven one. That's actually the better way to put right, it. Right, right. You, you have a keyboard, and so you know the GTR. I know this car, yeah. but have you driven yeah. it? So on, on that, actually, Spike, I'm curious. What either What is your current collection and or what is your favorite in your current collection? Um. Well, you know, I'm always... I'm a big Porsche fan right now. And, as we've um, heard, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, the cars that kind of stand out that I like are both modern and old. And for a long time, um, they've been pretty much the same thing. I like early Porsche 911s. I like uh, 1958 Porsche Speedsters. Okay. That, to me, this Porsche Speedster is the perfect one-car collection. Okay. Um, That's cool. And nice. then I'm really into GTV, GT3 variants. Um, 911. Oof. So I'm Can't driving. You know, I've got a new one on order, but oh, I've got you? this 2015 that I'm driving around. It's dark blue that I call Bruiser because it's black and blue. And that <laughs> car, this is my third summer in it. And it's, you know, I, I'm having trouble getting around the idea that I'm going to turn that in and get the new one, even though the new one has a manual transmission. That was my question. Right. Yeah, my right. question yeah, is, are, what which... Do you care? Is my question on the GT3s. Do you want the manual? Do you prefer the PDK? Where are you on that? I do. I well, I've done the PDK and it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's incredible. But there's a you know, we're Zuckerman and I are close to getting a GT2 RS um, allocation, Ooh. possibly two, one Ooh. for each of us, Ooh, and wow. that car only comes with a, with a, with a PDK. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. We're optimistically thinking that will be the PDK car, mm-hmm. and then since neither of us got 911Rs, we were both denied. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, both denied that this you know GT3 with a manual transmission will be sure. that car. You know, yeah, 500 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it looks a little different. It's got the wing on it, but I, but I like that. You know? That's amazing. So I love that. Jerry conversely thinks it's ridiculous to get a GT3 with a manual transmission. He doesn't get it, but he has. A 911R. Oh, but he there you go. In his words, quote, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. But I, I see I see your logic. If, if you can have the GT2 RS with the PDK, which, I mean, Paul's got a, a Cayman GTS with the PDK, and we talk up one side down the other how great that transmission is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you can have that represented, then I, I do get the GT3 in manual for sure. I totally understand that. Yeah, I but, you know, it, the and it, here's the main consideration. It, 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 it's obviously about how many cars do you have, and it also where do you live. And, sure. You know, I need something, you know, I have two kids and a wife and they like to do uh, skateboarding and bicycles. So we have, <laughs> you know, we have an SUV that we use for that. Of and course. then when I'm bopping around the meetings, I like to get in the GT3 or, you know, a new 911. That's like my daily driver. But, you know, that needs to be a PDK if you're driving it a lot around L.A. Because at any given moment, you're stuck in an hour of traffic oh, and, yeah. or you want to roll calls <laughs> or you want to roll call, get stuck in traffic, and have a cup of coffee on the way to work. Exactly. And the manual transmission will get in the way of that. I completely so get that. So it's about your usage, you know. that That's really what you have to think about. And that's really how I approach any car matchmaking on any level is it's a, it's a story of usage, and it's always an individual choice. 
you know. Cool. It's exactly what you're saying about supercars. There is no should you, should everyone buy one or not buy one. It's just should you buy one. Mm. What is your situation like? Right. What is your driving situation like daily? And how many cars do you have? And let's talk about this mm-hmm. so you don't end up being the guy who buys the new Ferrari 488 and then selling it three years from now with 500 miles on it. Yeah, please drive your car. We <laughs> exactly. do that all the time. Well, that is an excellent transition to our car debate. We should get into the discussion for Michael here, who has a very unexpected story. Just so you know, Spike, we get a ton of emails, everybody writing in with these car debates, and we've asked for it. And we, we, I will just say right now, if you have your own car debate, everydaydriver.com, there's a contact form there, or you can write to us, everydaydrivertv yep. right, at right. gmail. We, one of us, this is getting daunting, one of us reads all those emails. Our eyes, one of our sets of eyes goes down that every email that comes in. It's and a lot, of them, a lot. A lot of them amazing. start to be somewhat repetitive as far as the budget and the, and the consideration. So we try to find the unique stories, and Michael has a crazy unique story. Okay. Yeah. All right. So get this. He's out in Pennsylvania, and as we said before, he's 40, all right, and he's never had a license or bought a car for himself. Mm-hmm. But there's a big reason here, and it's because he was born with a genetic eye dis- disorder here. Yes. So it's, it affects the pigment and the fovea of his eye. It's called ocular albinism. And it's limited his vision for his whole life and made him unable to drive despite his love for cars. He's Lifelong got, love of cars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he tells us in the email here he has grown up lusting after cars. He had a 1986 Porsche 911 model that he played with as a kid. Yeah. He loved the curves. He loved the way it looked. But because of this disease of his eyes, he's never been able to drive until now. Yeah. His eye doctors have figured out a way that his eyesight is – they're able to deal with his eyesight enough to come up to a section where he can drive now at the age of 40. And so he's writing to us obsessed. Which is – this is amazing. All right. So as we said – He wasn't able to arrive at a decision in 40 years? He wasn't able to go, well, now I can do it? I mean – it, it has to do with money. I of mean, course it, it does. It, it always does. It's, yeah. okay. it's always the budget. All right. So his wife Let's has... Let's hear this question. Yes. His wife's got a 2013 Hyundai Santa Fe Sport, and he's been starting to practice driving because his doctors have given him contact lenses. Mm-hmm. There might be surgery in the future. So it sounds like his condition is only improving Agreed. from Agreed. here on out, yeah. which is good. And he has a five-year-old son who, when he asked his five-year-old son, what do I get? Just like my seven-year-old son would have said, he said, well, dad should get a race car. Clearly, right, let's go right. from from nothing to race car. You know, so maybe we get something that looks like a race car. But <laughs> he's got uh, his budget here is uh, is twenty five to thirty k. We have a running joke on the show, Spike. Uh, every time somebody gives a budget, Paul proceeds to exceed that. So now most everyone that gives a budget gives a Paul limiter, and in this case, the Paul limiter is thirty two k. So we've got just around thirty grand to spend. Uh, he would love to drive a manual, and his question, and I'm going to touch on this right here. His question is, should I try to drive a manual right away? And I'm going to go, you know what, one step at a time, Michael. Let's get you in a cool car that you love. The manual's awesome, but let's get you in a cool car that you love that's used to driving and settled first before you worry about manual. But he would love that uh, coupe or something sporty sedan-looking, but he wants, I mean, again, five-year-old wants the race car. Right, uh, Fuel exactly. efficiency is less of an issue. Only one child doesn't have to have a pet in the car. He has his short list. Which this is for you, Spike. He's got. Uh, he would love to have a Porsche 911. He's back to that car from the 80s, that model from the 80s. He'd love to have either a 996 or an early 997. Of course, he's then asking us about IMS. Uh, BMW 228i is on his short list. Uh, his Le- maybe a used Lexus RC 350. Mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. I actually see, think that's on the list because of its looks. Personally, I think that's something like that. I could see that. Yeah, and maybe Volkswagen GTI or R. I want to talk to those, but I also have other ideas. 
Yeah. So Spike, hearing this, what do you think so far? Are you formulating ideas? Well, I, I hear the word Porsche and then I know, uh, <laughs> I know what I'm going to be thinking about. <laughs> What's I, your... think he's, I think I, I hear a guy who kind of knows what he wants. I, I hear a guy who's thought about it. He's already in the right direction as far as the 911, which is a 996 variant, which mm-hmm. is, um, you know, they, they, they aren't cars that people are looking at to collect, but they're great cars. I drove a 996 GT3 and I, you know, I loved it. I thought it was an amazing car. Um, and they're a good value right now. Yeah. What's, um, what's your take yeah, on sure. the IMS thing? I mean, we've talked about it one, up one side, down the other, but I'm curious your take. On what? The, the IMS issue. I mean, according, our joke is that according to the internet, every car the, with the possibility of an IMS, the internet would say to you that car is a ticking time bomb. We've tried to dispel that a bit, but I'm just curious your take. What is an IMS problem? Oh, the, I don't even uh, know what you're talking about. The intermediate shaft, the uh, you know, the, the yeah. failure at uh, high RPM, the oil starvation, then they, that bearing will fail. <laughs> oh, great. The, the internet tells I, yeah, us I, that you buy a Porsche and that's going to fail. Yeah. Yes. I've owned a ton of Porsches, and I don't know what you're even talking about. I've never had an intermediate <laughs> shaft bearing issue. That's in line all, with what we're, we're thinking. All of that stuff that you're talking about. I put into the category of that pre-purchase inspection. Agreed. I expect the guy who's going to inspect my car for me to tell me that. <laughs> Agreed. Well, and Paul, you know what I mean? But I can read. tell you right now, in all my time of collecting Porsches and driving them and my friends, I don't think any of us have had an intermediate shaft-bearing issue Perfect. or problem. I've never heard that come up. And this is from a Porsche guy. As far yeah. as like vetting it. What? What you what we usually do to obviate to avoid these issues are um, in fact really some of the only cars I remember is just like the seventy four to seventy nines being the real hand grenade engines that you had to worry about mm. like those those variants those early ones and you know the pop off valves were put on the the, uh, <laughs> the air coolers on that as I recall okay. um, and engines needed to be rebuilt at around sixty k or something like that oh wow all of that stuff. I, you know, I leave to my uh, PPI people. I expect them to know when I bring it in. And what I do is I look for the best possible, best, lowest mileage, original example of the car. And mm-hmm. then I look at the guy very closely. <laughs> for example, does, the person. does the car have a sports bra on it? Do, do the rear view mirrors have a bra on them? <laughs> Excellent questions, yes. Right? The yes. guy we make That's fun fair. of, that guy is the car you want to buy because you can tell that guy really took care of that car. Completely. He's out of his mind. And when you ask him one question, he's going to tell you the whole history of that car. Those are the people I look for. And he hands you know? stacks and stacks of maintenance records yes. and obsession over the car and has some sort of really valid reason why he has to sell because mm-hmm. he's moving on to the next Porsche or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that is. And right. That's valid and, reason. The, um, and, you know, Bill, weirdly enough, wants to buy. Bill, again, is the deli guy who uh, <laughs> is wants to be, a, you know, he, we're driving up in all of these incredible cars. And Jerry especially is pulling up in famous old Porsches that are on posters and such. Yeah. Man, and oh, yeah. He really wants, you know, he's been saving his money for a 911. And we've been telling him the 996 is where it's at, dude. That that's where you know he you should be looking right now. Um, yeah. Take a look at some of the higher mileage 997s, but nothing over 100. And yeah. you're going to have a nice kind of modern classic car that you can enjoy and a great um, jumping off point. And, and you know, and he's you know they may not be as nice as the stuff we're driving, but 
we're going to talk to you. You're in our club. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and they're great. Yeah. <laughs> and they're great. I mean, we did our we did our feature film yeah. 50 years of 9/11 a few years back and we got to drive all of them back to back in the in the course of making the film and it was interesting to jump 99 well, 9 uh 993, 996, 997. That that span right there was so fascinating. And I'm a huge 997 fan anyway. We got in the actually Spike we got in the we found while shooting the piece, we found an owner who happened to also have the GT3 RS40, and we went, well, bring that. So we got that as a little extra on the film, got to drive <laughs> yeah, that. I'm, st- I'm still haunted car. by that car, and I'm not even a Porsche guy. So, uh, But I will come back to Michael's thing here. I mean, uh, Spike's already saying, if you're looking 911, can't go wrong 996 or 997. I will say on the IMS real quick, you can look it up. It is fixable. Please don't believe the Internet on that issue. Agreed. If you want one, you find Agreed. one. In fact, we have that guy locally. Our friend Jay here locally just bought a Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Blue 996 C4S. Is that a 99? Did you tell me that's a 99? Uh, I don't remember if it's 99 or 2000. It's one, it's, it's one of the two, but it's, it's spectacular, Michael. You should see this car. And he, it's his first 911, and the IMS was already fixed by a local guy that's a, a great Porsche Indy mechanic. Uh, it's like you're saying, Spike. He bought it from one of those owners that had done everything. And so it's a gorgeous right. 996, and he's going to be thrilled with that. So, Michael, if you find one of those, I wouldn't think twice about it. I want to talk to some of the other things on the list, but where are you, Paul? I agree. Spike, we talk about cars increasing in value all the time because people are writing to us and saying, what's the next thing? You know, is it 944s? <laughs> because, it- because clearly we know, right? You know, uh-huh. We're, yeah. we're trying yeah. to peg it as, okay, so this obscure model from, you know, whatever it was. The MR2s are going back up. Who knows? <laughs> but 996s are so inexpensive right now. Yeah. I won't call they're them the cheap spot. because they're not cheap feeling in any way. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so fascinated to hear somebody else's experience with them. I mean, mm-hmm. you having owned mm-hmm. one and... Well, and the know, GT3, no less, yeah. Yeah, the GT3, of course. And it was still a Porsche. It's still a Porsche 911. And Absolutely. And inexpensive right now. Is it, you know, are they going up in value? Who knows? But who, but who cares? As you and I delightful. say about driving stuff, you yeah. know, it's just get it, drive it, enjoy it. So I think that's a good option, Michael. It's already on your list. Uh, I like the BMW 228 for you, but I think you're going to find the 911 a lot more special. Plus, you have history with the 911 just lusting after one. I think the BMW 2, 2 Series, we talk about it a lot. Great chassis, especially if you get the F Sport pack on that. Really fun to drive. But I kind of feel like between those two cars, I think the 911 is a better choice. I like the GTI for you and the kind of family man all around. I think it's interesting, but I still don't like it as much as the other two. I have three others I thought of, though, as consideration oh, cars. I yeah. kind of went down the M3 road to start. I went oh, with that's the fourth generation E92 M3. Okay. We okay. like this car. Yeah. DCT or manual, I've been in love with this car for a long time. And I'm thinking, all right. Could this be something for Michael? You know, he he talks about fuel efficiency because he's now got a ninety highway highway mile commute. That V eight is not efficient, but it's but not. Do we care really? But I'm finding them for well under thirty, despite his Paul limiter price point at yeah. thirty two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm finding them for twenty eight with hmm. decent miles, like an 08, 09, somewhere in there. Okay, choose your transmission, whatever you end up deciding, because Michael's family is saying, you know what. Don't get the manual right now because you're just getting back into driving. Get an automatic. First car. First car. First driving experience. Absolutely. So I I can see their point here. But on the other hand, this other side of me thinks, well, don't deny yourself. You've been looking at 911s forever. Well, but. And the first car and how special would that be? And you're, you know, do I even recommend? Do I even go there to say, start with BMW, save your pennies, work up to a 911 and 
you know, get it even better 9-11 when you can. Maybe. But, but here's the other thing, though. I'm going to say this to you, Michael. We talk about it all the time. You can get rid of a car you still like. The car you buy now does not have to be your car for the next 10, 20, 30. It can be a car for your next two years. Exactly. You could start in a car that you like right now and upgrade to something <laughs> else later. Start a car. You don't, you don't, but you don't have to keep something forever. Sure. I mean, I know we've talked about it on the podcast a lot, but I just sold that FRS. I really liked it. Just sold it. Perfectly mm-hmm. happy for the new owner to have it. Kind of miss it. But at the same time, I sold a car I really liked. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to drive a few things. That's the big thing I want to say to you, Michael, is you need to go out and drive a few things. You may wind up 911. Fine. But if you're going to drive that BMW, please do. Drive the GTI. It's going to pale in comparison to your 911 experience. Oh, sure. But, okay, hang on. I have to say it. I just brought up the FRS. Go drive the 86 platform, BRZ or FRS. Surprisingly oh, good. easily get one yeah. for this okay. kind of oh, money. Come on. You could get a used one and have Almost 10 grand two. left over. Yeah, seriously. But drive it. It's because it's got a surprisingly good six-speed automatic. Mm-hmm. And I think automatic mm-hmm. is the way to go. And it's got incre- – your son wants a race car. He's going to think you bought a race car. Light, great dynamics. It's so far from the SUVs you've been in right now, I think it's worth driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other one I want to mention, because it's an oddball that gets forgotten, except by me, because I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> Mitsubishi Evo 10, that DCT <laughs> in there. It was a short list, but that, that was on it. Of course. But that, that DCT in there is a great dual-clutch transmission from a brand that you don't think makes anything decent. Let's be honest. Yeah. And so great auto, yeah. fun driving experience, good visibility, real back seats. You've got a son. It's a hyper car. It's a, it's a it's, it's just it's a fun car. I don't know that that's the car for you, but I think you need to find one and drive it. I hope this just kind of educates you on driving experience, so you can pick yeah. the thing you love. Which with this group, we're all going to wind up nine eleven. Let's be honest. Well, so Spike well, is that's that, not that exactly where you're at? true. I mean, I, I love. You know what I thought was one of the greatest bargain kind of sports cars was the new Mustang, the new Ford Mustang, mm-hmm. and yeah. the one they popped into my driveway had a, I think it was a six speed manual gear shift in it. It was a five O GT. I oh, don't yeah, know yeah. if you can still get it, but I, I, I remember the sticker on that car because it was loaded up with like maybe fifty six, sixty grand. They can be nuts. Um, yeah, yeah, it can be nuts, but I remember going for somebody who doesn't have like new Porsche money. This car is really fun. I mean, I I loved it. I I thought I could actually buy this car and drive mm-hmm. it. You know, um, and and I don't know. Maybe you guys know. Can you still get a manual transmission in your entry level Mustang? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Possible? And you could because get that, that, you could that, get EcoBoost too. Yeah, and and you know, for a guy who's the first time he's on the road, you do kind of want him to have all the new safety tech. For sure. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, totally agree. Bells and whistles. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and if he were on my show, I would definitely be showing him two new options and one old option mm-hmm. for sure, just mm-hmm. because of that reason, the safety tech. Yeah, that's. And excellent. then what I usually recommend to a guy like that is get your get your daily driver, get your fun card that's modern it's got all the modern amenities so you know you're, you're kind of keeping up with everybody else and sure. connectivity for your phone and then you know after you've saved a little more money then get your sports car for the weekend i mean i'm going back and forth on this do we get him into something to start with just because you're getting back into driving or do we put you in a 911 right away i mean let's put it this way michael a 911 is in your future right i think, we, I think we I think all agree to that yeah, yeah Which one... and, and they're not going anywhere this is we, true we right. die the cars will always be here and the world is filling up with 911 you're right think of how many gt3s there are now Yo, they're you're all right. over the place, right? They're all over the oh, place. Have you ever been, actually, Spike, have you ever been to say, our, the our Ring joke. or Spa? The Nürburgring or Spa? No. 
Okay, we've been a couple times. We've actually we actually take uh, trips and we take people with us now. We did a feature film on the adventure of going a couple of years back, and now once a year we take trips. We have got another one coming up here in uh, the beginning of September. So anyway, so we do that, and so this will be our third year to go. In third a row. year, yeah. But it is yeah. this weird, surreal thing, Spike, because <laughs> <laughs> so funny. The Nurburg, where the Nurburgring is. Right. Okay, the it's a tiny, tiny, it's a tiny town. little nothing town. Yeah. It, yeah. There's, there's no, there's nothing in this town of consequence except for that track. And you see these tiny little houses, and they all, I swear, there's a dispenser. They all have GT3s out front. Yeah, really. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, wow. and every time we're there, we keep that thinking, sounds like heaven. You, seriously, we keep thinking there's a dispenser GT3 around here. It's, it's nuts <laughs> because, yes. and and last year they had a truck from Porsche parked outside of one of the main hotels in town that half of the truck was not only GT3s, but it was, I'm sure you'll know about this, it was that special, like, matte, baby blue color that was like, you have to order oh. it in the right month to get this color. They made very few. What? And here was, here oh, was a so truck of them. Sap- sapphire blue metallic, maybe? No, it wasn't sapphire. It was very much uh, like a robin's egg, Tiffany blue. Robin's egg of? is a good description. Yeah, that's good. Oh, it's, like a mycin blue, maybe. Very, very but light yeah. blue. They, those blues are very popular, I think, mostly because Jerry, he ordered his last, the last 993-911, it was a C4S in Mexico blue, okay. and that car rocked people. But there are lots of colors in that uh, in that area. I mean, there's Miami blue, Turquoise, Mexico blue. Miami, yeah, Miami blue is the color, one of their standard colors right now. But it's not quite Robin's egg. But maybe that was the color. Oh, it was just yeah. I mean, and, and it talk was about a head turning. We had a guy on our trip that was that was colors. We like them. Yeah, exactly. Guy, <laughs> yeah. guy on our trip that's been kind of circling GT3s for a while, and he had found out that this is a color that you have to. Your car has to be built in a certain like two months of the year to get this color, and here was a whole truckload. He was like, "How is this possible?" And I said, "Well, it's the GT3 dispenser. <laughs> That's what's going on somewhere every well, time we come." You're talking about paint to sample, though. What happens toward the end of the run? They start doing paint to sample cars. Right. So they're yeah. doing that. They're doing that right now with a new run of GT3s. The first batch that are coming out are going to be manual. Are going to be PK. Then, then they're going to roll out the manual transmissions, and then you start seeing the crazy colors, which are sure. paint to sample, and that's Porsche at its best. You know, you can you can find pretty much anything, send them a code or send them a formula, and they'll paint it in that color. And a bag and, of cash, idiot. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. I don't think it's that bad. I'll look Apparently. it up while while we're talking. But the is it like the cost of a GTI even... on top of your Porsche? <laughs> like I could have bought a GTI with the paint to Maybe. sample. But hey, it looks great thing. though. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it what I know it's, you, you make fun of it, but it actually adds value to your car as long as you uh, don't paint it in a weird color. Sure. So if you're, you know, what I, there are a lot of car guys who don't want to be like every other guy at Cars and Coffee. So, For sure. you, you know, you come in with a mice and blue GT3, you're going to get a lot of attention, and some people sure. buy their cars for that reason. I don't in particularly, but yeah. I will consider color a lot when I'm ordering a new car because I know at some point I'm going to have to be selling that on the way out, and mm-hmm. I want to be sure there's a buyer to get me out of this thing. Yeah, right. 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 So I don't. Not, I don't never buy for investment, but I do keep in mind that I want to get as much money uh, out of this car, and ideally. Uh, you have free car experience. Like yeah. maybe with GT2 RSs, you drive it for a couple of years, you sell it for a little, uh, you know, probably in that case, uh, a lot more than what sticker was. Yeah. And then you didn't really pay for a car. Yeah, fair. <laughs> that was a free car lease for two yeah, yeah. So you're saying not a lot of purple cars in your collection is what you're saying. It, it no, but there, but there was in the GT, the latest GT3 RS, there was a purple. You're and, right. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. You right. know, I'm a great admirer of it, and I love when people drive anything other than black, white, silver, and gray because that's what every car choice is. Absolutely. But I, <laughs> but I won't buy the purple car. I won't buy it. I will support it. I just won't buy it. Nevertheless. <laughs> well, guys, yeah. we'll be right back with Spike and uh, listener questions. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good, so he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. We're back with Spike, talking about Porsches, of course. The minute you posted that Spike Ferguson's going to be on the show, <laughs> the, 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 question the question started to be about Porsches. Because they knew you wanted to talk about Porsches already, and well, I yes. tolerate the Porsche discussion. I love yes. them, but I don't backstroke in the pool of Porsche like you guys do. So, uh, yeah, okay, we have many Porsche we questions. Around. Uh, let's see. There was there was one actually I noticed right away. Oh, it was people asking you, Spike, your opinion on the air cooled Porsche prices. Have they come down from the stratosphere? Are they going to keep coming? What's your suspicion on that? Well, I just had a bunch of my uh, car dealer friends out here in L.A. Um, this merry band of gypsies who we always <laughs> dine with because we want to keep tabs on what are our cars worth, what's sure. going on the car market in general, what are they selling, what are they buying. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we like to make deals yeah. because uh, we, are, uh, we are all kind of car dealers, too. We love to buy and sell. We like to switch things up and have fun stuff to drive. Now, according to them, now keep in mind, this is just two or three guys, um, but they're traveling around the world and buying Ferraris and Porsches and all sorts of things. So the market has come down considerably. Mm-hmm. Um, Porsche 911s are doing better than than other cars but the ferrari market and the fortune market and any according to them any real production car where they made lots of them that aren't you know 20 examples or 100 examples mm. or less mm. those cars have come down considerably by 20 or 30 percent wow um and it was you know it was evident in some of the trades like one of the guys that just bought a ferrari dino coupe i think it was a 71 and I don't know the Ferrari color name, but it was an orange, which is a okay. rare color for yeah, a Ferrari, definitely. an orange Ferrari Dino from 1971, black, 28,000 miles, and he bought it in the high twos, hmm. you know, and that shocked me a little bit. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> because that was a car I had seen for sale in uh, for 600, yeah. maybe two two years ago. So, I agree. A couple of years you know, ago was the madness of it all, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. You know, 911s are the same thing. You're going to see a lot of people on eBay or on the dealer sites advertising these cars at high numbers. Um, and even see them get, maybe make these numbers at auction. But the real story is, mm. uh, these cars are a little more viable right now. And, and, you know, I, I'd be careful about buying something as an investment right now. Um, but, um, if you're buying it because you want it, you want to drive it, I would just be looking to make a deal that's kind of in that category. You know, mm-hmm. what was the, what was the number on this thing? I've heard 2011 prices thrown around. So what was the number in 2011? Oh, interesting. <laughs> do you follow the auctions just, at all? I mean, do you, we, we go that? to Pebble Beach and Monterey, you know, the car uh, festival generally yes. every year. We're not going this year, but I, I love the auctions. I've just gotten really attracted to them over the years. And yeah, that, that's a good benchmark, but it's well, kind but of it's, But it's the no, high it's end, not, though. It's, it's the not high all end. that accurate. There's a lot of funny business going on with car auctions and 
you know, uh, companies being uh, legally allowed to bid things up to reserve price and mm, shenanigans, I call it. They're okay. shenanigans. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, uh, all, you know, we love to watch them because we may own that same car that's going off. And, oh, my God, look at the number that car went for. <laughs> right. and that right. means my car's worth it. And, you know, really all that means is there were two drunken billionaires in the room and they got in a pissing <laughs> battle over who's going to own this car. And Fair that's why. Point. You know, Fair Jerry point. sells a Volkswagen Beetle for $130,000. Oh, my God. It's really only a $20,000 yeah. car. It is you know, still a Volkswagen Beetle, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a Beetle, and it's worth 20 maybe, maybe. So, you know, I I uh, I always advise, like this guy, I think it did, or one of you guys said it, go on the forums, talk to the people, and you'll hear about something. And, you know, that's the car I'm more interested in hearing about. You know what I mean? Some sure. guys, yeah. you know, there's, there's one I'm chasing right now in my neighborhood. And mm. I, I took a picture of it. I posted it on Instagram. It was beautiful 1964, 35060. And I put it up on Instagram. By the time I get the bills, the guy's son-in-law had written written me on Instagram and said, that's my father-in-law's car. It's a one-owner <laughs> car. He bought it on his uh, honeymoon oh after he got married with his wife. He leaves it. He drives it all the time. He's got 100,000 miles on it. It's been hit once. Um and he repainted it once, and and uh, he loves that car. I go, well, I'm going to buy that car. <laughs> he wow. said, you got to you got to stay away from that. That's my car. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> so right. I said, yes, of course. I will not try to take your car, and you know, but having fun with a guy. And, sure. and two weeks later, Jerry was in town. I said, come on, let's go over to this guy's house. We got we got to try to win over this dad. <laughs> but like to me, like that is the most desirable car I've seen in a long time because I love the story sure. of this guy on his honeymoon driving it around to all these European places and then keeping this car his entire life, yeah. even getting hit in it mm-hmm. and repainting it himself. Like that, to me, that could be, if I can get this car, that could be my car for the rest of the rest of my life. That's I might cool. give up everything else and just keep that car so I can have that story. That's it's cool. Oh, car. That's yeah. very cool. Well, that relates to a question on here, actually, that uh, uh, where was the one uh, from from your podcast, actually? Uh, Carrie Turner wrote in on Facebook and said to you, Spike, which car owned by either Seinfeld or Zuckerman do you most covet? Is it this one? <clears throat> oh, well, this um, is your neighbor's. So, yeah. No, no, no. Jerry's car collection is, makes me crazy. There's stuff in there <laughs> that, that boggles the mind. Um He's got um, 50 cars that make me crazy. And wow. it's dep- I forget. <laughs> I forget from some of them. I've encouraged him to buy, and then I rem- I'm rem- reminded that he owns them. I'll see him in one of the hangers. Um, and I go, oh, I forgot you had a 1971 Porsche 911 Targa with 30 miles on it. That's <laughs> ready to be. Oh <laughs> I forgot all original oh, everything chalk marks on the engine. Oh, my I God. I forgot you had... You know, uh, a 550 Spider in blue with original paint and only 9,000 original oh, miles. Man. Yeah, oh, why don't course. we drive that car? Oh, yeah. I forgot you own Steve McQueen's 917. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and and we can drive it right now. What? You, could, you know, I've been mm. trying to get him to make that street legal so we can drive it on the street. No Which, By the way, it has, oh, it has a title. You can't. There is a guy, I think, in Florida. It might be Miles Collier doing this he's driving a 917 on the street seriously i've heard of this guy yeah yeah oh, that guy's a genius that's what it's all <laughs> totally. about <laughs> totally. yeah drive street through legal. grocery yeah, getting putting license plates on race cars and driving them on the street is the greatest experience in life 
And if you're listening right now, it doesn't have to be priceless 917s that are worth sure. $30 million. <laughs> there are lots of race cars that have titles yeah. where you can go down to the DMV. They don't even look at the car. They just give you a license plate and you put it on. Now you're, you got a race car on the street. <laughs> Done. And it's awesome. It is awesome. I love it. You will always be happy <laughs> going to coffee you will or dropping your kids off totally. in a race car. If yes. the kids will fit, if yes. it's not a single seater, no, right? I put, I put at the end of the school year this year, both my kids, I said, if you do well, I will drop you off on the last day in my 68 911 Trans Am series race car. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's got, you know, it's got the roll bar. It's, it's pretty loud and probably illegal. And, it was the greatest. That's yeah, amazing. I did one one day and the other the next day, and I put them in the racing belts and the harness. And that's perfect. You know, we're all just in heaven. We're all. In heaven. <laughs> that's perfect. All right. So on Instagram here, we've got Red Mustang Five writing back about American cars. So Spike, you talked about American cars up at the very beginning of the podcast that kind of got you into it. He said, "What is Spike's favorite American car, and what do you have against convertibles?" <laughs> oh yeah, well in. I don't have anything against convertibles. I, I think my I think he's referring to an episode of Car Matchmaker where my brother had a convertible in New York City, and I was telling him it's a terrible idea because <laughs> someone could just reach in and grab your wallet, sure. or an air conditioner can fall out of a window <laughs> right on top of your head. It's just not the right city for convertibles. So sure. I have nothing against convertibles. I love them, especially in modern performance cars with beautiful exhaust notes mm, like uh, F-Type, mm. Jaguar F-Type. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That they, you know, be a convertible so you can hear hear that noise. Um, and, and as far as, what was the question about American cars? What's your favorite American car? Uh, it's You know, it's simple stuff. Probably the Mustang. Okay. I, I, I feel like, you know, the Mustang is right around my birth year, as is the 911, 1964. And, you know, I, I just, I haven't, I've always had an affinity for those cars. You know, in fact, Every once in a while, when I find the right old Mustang, it'll be a simple old Mustang. You know, I'll, I'll just—I'm going to buy that. Cool. I, I like the—I don't like the way they handle at all, but yeah. I do. I sure. like the way they smell. Yeah. And it just yeah. reminds me of my home. Reminds me of Massachusetts. That's nice. awesome. That's nice. Awesome. There's uh, another Ford question on here from Luigi on Facebook. In keeping with the Ford theme here, he's saying the news that Ford has discontinued the Fiesta in the U.S. market is this the end of you know one Ford air quotes and global cars? Yeah. Are U.S. consumers now doomed to suffer through inferior economy cars compared to the rest of the world? And Todd and I have noted that in every category right now, Ford has a performance version for you. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. seventeen thousand dollar Fiesta ST. To the new Ford GT, yeah. hyper, super amazing car. Bring your wallet. We have a performance car what for you. What is your sure. budget? And we've got a performance car for you. But now they're saying discontinued Fiesta. What are your thoughts? Well, on the Ford Fiesta ST? Yeah, sure. Well, obviously there were weak sales or they would keep this thing around. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that that's the unfortunate part. It's of always it. a no business one... decision, isn't it? Well, I haven't driven it. I can't speak. To, it doesn't look like something that I would get into and go, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> you know? Well, that's sure. You're speaking exactly to its problem. My wife, who tolerates my car disease, continues to look at me anytime I talk about the Ford Fiesta ST, and she's like, that's a ridiculous car. I'm like, yeah, but it, it's great to drive. It doesn't have a look that goes with how it drives. It's fantastic to drive, right. but the number of people that look at it are just like, it's a stupid little hatchback. What is that? And yet they are great for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I get confused in that territory. I mean, it, I understand what he wants and why he wants it. It's just, I always think 
let me again let me find that in something like when I first moved to LA I had I, I had twenty five hundred bucks for a car that that was pretty much it and never okay. did I think about you know, do I put that down on something small and fast and new? It was just like, what's the coolest thing I can afford? I found a, a six, I think it was a 68 Cougar XR7 convertible Ooh, with, Ooh, cool. with no, uh, <laughs> with no roof. It had the, the ribs for it. <laughs> it didn't have the fabric on top. It has and the bone like, structure, just no skin. Yeah. <laughs> it had 110,000 miles on it and it was white ripped up inside and I you know I was in love with that car awesome this is perfect this is perfect for me so you know I you know you've got a lot of other choices here I, I think if you really crave a performance car you're saving for something that's a little more legitimate and it's pre-owned and a little bigger because these these little these little sporty cars don't quite scratch the itch what is Farrah? You know Matt Farrah? He's driving yeah. around in something like that. Focus RS. Yeah, he's got the RS. The Focus RS, right. Yeah. He let me drive that the other day. What'd I you think, like, by the way? I don't get it. Really? Okay. I don't get it for him. It's is what I thought. It's okay. a, I don't get it for him. It's a I tough just, L.A. car. Well, it's not if you're 21 years old and your dad is rich or something, he's going to pay for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> then I kind of get it. But I just meant for Matt Ferrer, I was like, you're well beyond, you're past this, buddy. I know you've been trying to get him into a Porsche for a while. I think he would want one. He was so close to buying a GT3. I almost had him uh, in a 2004 <laughs> GT3, and the deal fell apart. Oh, but oh, um, he'll be fine. He, you know, he's, <laughs> he's a guy, you know, we had coffee the other day. We were doing the podcast out in the porch, and I yeah, had yeah. him on to kind of sit in. And he arrived on a scooter. Isn't it funny how he does that? Yeah, we've been on his podcast a few times, and it's amazing to watch the car collection he's gone through. And I, to this point, I mean, Paul's owned a string of Porsches, and I'm, to this point, I'm shocked that Matt hasn't done it as well. I'm surprised, too, of all the Porsches he's driven and has not said to himself, I need one in my collection. I need to own one, finally. Yeah, with that that notchback Mustang he's built forever and all the kind of stuff he's had. I'm just amazed he hasn't gone that No, I know, I know. But him on a scooter, it's like Shrek. On a scooter <laughs> on the PCH, which is the most dangerous road, and I just looking at yeah. him like his mother, just going, "What are you doing? Aren't you guys trying <laughs> to get Dick like, Van Dyke I'm on that thing?" Traffic. I go, "You're gonna die. Yeah. You're gonna die. <laughs> Someone dies on this road every weekend, every day of the weekend, <laughs> because tourists make ridiculous U-turns and there are huge crashes and explosions." And that's going to be that's you. That's why you guys sit out there. You're just waiting for something to happen. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting to watch. No. <laughs> a very quick note to talk about one of our new sponsors, Autotempest.com. It searches all the top used car sites at once. So it's kind of an easy way to make sure you're not going to miss out on yeah. your next car. Yeah, one stop, yeah. That's T-E-M-P-E-S-T. So like a storm, Autotempest.com. Okay, so Leland is asking, do you ever recommend anything other than a Porsche? <laughs> I'm a front engine hair drive type. I've recommended everything. (laughs) Every, everything. I mean, we talked about the Jaguar F type. That was a car I really loved. I mean, with with the show and Car Matchmaker, we're mostly dealing with budgets that are 20 to 30, like you said, or less. Yeah, Um, And we even did an episode that's 5,000 or less. And, you know, should we be shooting season four soon? I would like to even go sub 2500 or less Ooh, that'd be and fun. what you know Ooh. what you can find and, yeah. and dig into that stuff clearly so, cougar xr7s you know, clearly <laughs> yeah, exactly. i'm i'm always it's never about me when i'm picking cars it's about the, it's about the person sure. and, you know and i 
you know, I truly believe in, in any of these cars, you know, with my wife, she drives her Prius and whatever, you know, it's not my favorite thing, but she's happy in it. And if, if a, if a buyer is happy with a car, I have no business saying anything about it yeah. because she's fair, doing fair. the car thing in kind of a different model. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and with any of my buyers, mo- I would say 90% of them don't, aren't interested in Porsches and we're always recommending, you know, a couple of things that they've heard about or a brand that was important to them growing up. And then, you know, one or one or two of my ideas. Yeah. And cool. they're, you yeah. know, they're never Porsches. I mean, we, I think we do maybe one Porsche episode per season. Per season. <laughs> I mean, or 18. Todd and I get, you know, kind of the emails that are more of a, uh, Hey guys, would you support my choice? We get the justify my, my, my decision you know, emails, right. for sure. Justify yeah. my so, car. So I'm already thinking I can, this. I can tell you about that. You're exactly right. They, uh, most people want to be validated. Mm-hmm. Your audience yeah. knows because they're the car guy that yeah. their friends and family are, and they already have an idea and they want to be validated. The one advantage I have is I can put them behind the wheel of my choice mm-hmm. and they put their hands on that steering wheel or maybe they're driving a performance car for the very first time and they always have an aha moment. They go, for oh, sure. For sure. oh, now I understand. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this is what BMW was up to. That's what and, people want to watch. Yeah. That's what they want to see yeah. right, right there, right. that moment. That's but so that, funny. You know, that's where you can help them. You can say, look, rent or borrow the car you want to own or lease and spend a day in it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Otherwise, don't waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the great thing we've discovered about Turo now. And L.A.'s got so much crazy stuff on Turo. But the cool thing about Turo is you can find random cars that you couldn't find at the normal car rental place that you might want to buy. You can probably Turo one for the day. Yeah. And they're not paying me to say this. It's just that's the service. So you can actually try one for the day. That is an amazing way to actually get in a car if you're wanting to buy one of these uh, whatever it is that you're chasing you can't get into well, it otherwise that's why YouTube is full of videos of Tesla's you know set your phone on the dash and let's do ludicrous mode and then they go oh I get it that's yeah. why you know, or they get sick. We videos. have those folks too they get yeah. in their model their yeah. model S do it a few times that's and make the passengers sick yeah for oh, sure oh now I get it yeah Anyway. What is what is this Turo? What are you talking about? Uh, there's a the website sort of- called Turo.com, and if you go there, most large cities in the U.S. I mean, we're in the the Park City, Salt Lake area, and they have them uh-huh. here, but. L.A. has them like crazy. Every car you can imagine, Spike. You go on oh, Turo. Car sharing site. Exactly. It's it's Airbnb okay. for cars is what it is. So, okay. there, but there's people in L.A. I've noticed when we've actually uh, trolled it a bit for L.A. There's people in L.A. that you can tell. There's some person that wants to drive nice cars, and they went and bought three or four cars. They probably can't afford, put them all on Turo, and then they get to drive something fun while the other cars that they're, they're paying off are off on Turo where the day rate is probably covering their payment, and they're driving all these cars. And we've seen – it's funny. When you look through like the L.A. listings for Turo, you see a lot of that. It's like random person in Glendale has three cars, all of which are hundred grand, <laughs> yeah. and they live in an apartment. It's like, wait, a, okay, okay, all right, cool. This is but what you, you can do. find some cool stuff. I just it really because I'm looking. I'm on the site right now, and I see a Tesla Model X 2016 mm-hmm. for 145 dollars a day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Which is amazing. They're, they're, a Mercedes Benz SL class. So an, a Mercedes an SL. There's some uniform. crazy stuff on there. But, but really, 161 dollars. There's no fine print here. I'm going to jump into this car. Yeah, you can. That's yeah. it's a great way to try that stuff. That's what's wonderful about it. Is you can find the people that have got their stuff wow. priced crazy, and other people that that don't that have priced it legitimately. But they'll get a two or three four day rental because somebody will come into L A for business or whatever and want to. I want to try a Model X, and they can do that, and eventually you get them paid off, which is crazy. Yeah, and you've got some meathead driving your car. Look, here's a this is the issue BMW i eight. Uh huh. There you uh-huh. go. Yeah. 
$269 per day. This, by the way, this is not a paid sponsored ad that I'm giving you guys No, right we're, you just, you've just I, fallen I, into I, the rabbit hole with us. That's pretty yeah. much what's happened, yeah. <laughs> I'm confused because, you know, $270 a day is not a lot of money for BMW i8 for a new car. True. What, what is the hit? Is there a membership fee here that I have to join? You've got it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lease cars right after this. Yeah, you, another <laughs> I8 for two thirty eight. Yeah, Spike Spike actually has Wait, to go, ladies California and gentlemen. He's gonna go go rent something. Sixteen dollars. Seriously, California's on there, huh? Yeah. For two hundred and sixteen bucks a day. Yeah, it's there nuts. you go. You just I nuts. remember trying to rent rent a Ferrari once, and it was a thousand bucks a day. Yeah. You know, in New York or, or in Beverly Hills. Turo's crazy. Ridiculous. It's crazy. No, yeah. you just create a, a user account, log in, and then you can start communicating with the owner. You read about them and say. I want your car for this calendar date, and you're good to go. I mean, if you're the and owner, they, and they let you have it. Yeah, yeah, the owner. The problem is with the owner is obviously you're renting to people that are going to promptly treat it like a rental car, <laughs> right? Yeah, which is the beauty of the whole thing. It's the beauty for the people like us that are renting exactly. them. Exactly. That's the issue on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> difficult to have a car collection that's all on Turo. That's not going to end well. Yeah. Well, Spike, right, thank you so yeah, much I'm going for being down on. the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah really, I really go appreciate right it. Now. I'm going to rent a, 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 a Gallardo, uh, and I'm going to go trash it. <laughs> it's awesome to have you on the podcast. It's, uh, we've wanted this to happen for a while. We're thrilled to have you. If you, uh, if you aren't listening right now, you can find Spike's Car Radio on Podcast One, just like you can find us there, obviously iTunes and everywhere else. Uh, what day of the week is that always out, Spike? Um, we post um, Wednesday. Wednesdays and uh, Facebook, Instagram. What else for uh, for social media um, for you? You know, I have the most fun on Instagram. That's at Spike First, and and Facebook is jammed up already. But you can follow me, and uh, and Twitter's starting to get a little traction there, so you can follow me too. But most of the car pictures and most of the stuff I'm up to is all on Instagram. Cool. Awesome. And happy to answer for, uh, questions if you want to direct message me too. Cool. We That's hope great. for future uh, seasons. We're we're waiting uh, the announcement for Car Matchmaker too. I think everybody's waiting. While well, you had the anti-announcement today, yes, yeah, that's right. Yes. You the, got the first half of it. It's like, the, right. it's like the soft open here on the podcast. I like it <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it, Spike. Again, great to have you, and uh, looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Napa know how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like 
kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.